G'day guys, welcome back to The Playbook, where myself and Brenton will break down the winners, losers and black brookers from each game. We're up to round 19. Now we're brought to you by Game Desk Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Also brought to you by James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and EFTs. Learn more at jamesapp.com. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, Brenton's going to be actually joining me on Sundays because I just thought... In the kind of wind down to the end of the season, given his rank and kind of his great analysis, I just thought that every Sunday would be great, especially when he's available, to bring him on, get his thoughts, and just kind of track his journey into the back end of the season. But Brenton, good to have you on a Sunday, my man. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for having us. It's, um, I don't think I've ever done a playbook before, so I'm super excited. You see how I changed the name, mate? It used to be called TK's Playbook. Now I'm thinking it's called the B&T Playbook, mate. Ah, Nice, just then to get someone with an L, get a BLT happening. <laughs> I love it. Now, mate, let's have a look before we get into injuries, judiciary, and go through all the games. We're going to have a look at our teams and kind of how we ranked. Now, you went up, mate, from three to two. Yeah, yeah, massive moving. Um, it was a it was a strategic play because I knew that a couple of the guys above me were well, one and two were both basically out of trades, and I held on to four trades going into this round. Um, so I used three trades to make some big moves. Um, got really good on two. One was a bit of a fizzer, but um, yeah, worked out really, really well and um, put me about 50 or 60 in front of third. Nice, mate. So what's that, a 33% jump there, bud? That's not, that's uh, not, not bad 60. for you, you know, you guys at the top there. Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, what what happens if you get from two to one? Is that like a 100% jump because you are literally <laughs> first? Like the maths is mind-boggling. Mate, I went from – I didn't do too badly. It's one of those things that we'll go through our trades and what went well and what didn't go well. But I went from a 490 to a now ranked 411 So before upgrade. So I got a 706. What did you score in the round, mate? Uh, I got 750 in the end. Uh, had I brought, I brought in Chans, because uh, uh, and we'll go on about it a little bit later with the Warriors draw. Um, and I just figured he's going to be that – perfect wing fullback for a 19th man mm. um, with that draw. Um, but apart from that, everyone else did pretty well. Oh, and apart from IPAP, but a lot of people have him. Mate, I went to the Parramatta game and, silly me, played IPAP over Tohu. And oh, no. Yeah, so I left 30 in the bank there. And then, obviously, my trade for – I went – it's one of those things, right? Seb Chris outperformed pro- by probably 25 points. And then Ronaldo probably <laughs> misscored. <laughs> by about 30. So it's kind of, you know, about even. So there's no doubt. I can't, after bragging about Chris Chris on social medias, and there's no doubt, you know, I'm taking full credit for this. For anyone that saw it said, Chris, this was our idea. Like, we've it been was. talking about this for four weeks now, and we put we, it out in the universe. We got chastised in that group chat for so long because we've been calling this for about two weeks. I'm going to say the, four. I'm going to say four, mate. Four weeks. Okay, yeah, well, we'll exaggerate. But... Mate, I, yeah, he was always the perfect cash down for the round that he was going to have, the opponent he was going to have, and when you needed him. So, if I could have bought him, I I would have, but that would then stuff my trading up for next week. So, yep. I did a different cash down, which we'll um, we'll obviously get to in a little bit. Mate, the only yeah, apart from IPAP and Ronnie, I was pretty much happy with everyone else. I know that you brought in Nickel Clocks out, didn't score his best, but it was just one of those games where. The ball and the scoring didn't go his way. Like, there was a couple of times where he was the try contributor, but you don't get scored for contributing. But in an NRL sense, he actually played very, very well last night. Yeah. I was going to go straight into that, TK, because a lot of the times, and he just looks so good in that shape out the back to the right. Um, and it was at Rocco Berry who was playing on the right center. Yeah. Um, he was getting, you know, so many try assists to DWZ, but it's Chance who's setting it up and drawing in the defenders. So, you know, you can't be mad at them uh, because those wing fullbacks are always going to have those average games. Um, but, you know, could have been worse. It could have been Molotalo. Now, B, now Christmas Eve, we get eight trades tomorrow, mate. Christmas oh, Day. Yes. Now, I know for a few people going to be trading, they might be doing four. Now, let's have a look into round 20. Now we've passed round 19. What's on your mind, mate, for next round? So I'm going to still go with the theory that holding trades is going to be so essential going into the back end with restings, with um, other buys, depending on how your team's looking at. If you've got like Parramatta players, you know, there's going to, if you've got four Parramatta players, for instance, then you're going to be looking at making heaps of trades in round 27. 
So, mate, I'm only making the one, and I think it's going to be a very popular one of Jareem Buller going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people have brought in so many wing fullbacks just for this round that we've just had, and now there's going to be a surplus of them. So, Buller's the one to go for me, um, and I'm going to be bringing in either DCE or Munster. Yeah, I like that as well, mate. Like, I'm, I'm the same. I just think Buller's just... You know, making he's just dropping too much money. The news from the weekend is Appy and Brooks are both about three weeks away, so that yep. doesn't help him as as well. So I think he is definitely the trade out. I'm thinking in my mind as well. I know that I'm getting a little bit greedy here, but I've got 500k in the bank and I've got it for a reason, right? So depending on team list, Broncos are telling us that Payne Haas won't be playing this week, which kind of leaves him with two games out out of eight, which I don't like. Which means he only has 75 percent of the season. Fafita, if he comes out of the Origin game unscathed, I'll leave it to the... They're the very last game in round 20. So if he's starting in round 20 against the Eels, I'll make a swap between Haas to Fafita. If Fafita doesn't back up, there's a chance that I'll probably either go to uh, Tino or Fodawaka. I just think that, you know, Haas sitting those two games at his price is just way too much for me. And then Buller, I'll probably be going to, again, we're going to have to wait till the end of Origin. But for me, Manly play on the Saturday, the first game. So it'll be likely, because we'll see the teams get cut before Buller actually plays. So if if DCE ends up in that final 19, it's a pretty good, I reckon it's 99% chance that he's going to play. I'll go Buller to DCE. And then the final trade, again, uh, I want to get Fisher-Harris out. And he plays after Harry Grant. So if Harry Grant pulls up on the Saturday and he's playing against the Roosters, then I'll pull the trigger, do those three trades, and then I'll be pretty much right for the next kind of two or three weeks into that Warriors buy that we're about to talk about as well, man. Yeah, so the only thing I'd be careful with on those is the strategic placement of where your trades are because if you're trading out Payne Haas, you've literally got to hope that Fafita's going to back up. So if you could do something like Buller to DCE, Haas to Harry Grant, um, and then make that James Fisher-Harris trade to um, David Fafita, that's probably where you're going to actually be better off because uh, Fisher-Harris plays just before Fafita, and you'll get a better idea if he's actually going to back up. Yeah, so I've got 19 players, you know, touch wood, before any of the origin stuff. Mm. So that's my reason why. So if Huss, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to loop Ronaldo in that kind of game, yep. the early game on the Sunday. If he doesn't score relatively well, then I'll bring I'll wait for Haas to play and then I'm um, some Haas to Fafita as the last trade. So yeah, that's what yeah. I'm I'm kind of doing. Okay. So that it's all gonna work out because Fisher Harris is after Grant as well. So I've kind of but I have did that whole strategy. You've taught me that, mate. So Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, appreciate no, it. No dramas, mate. No dramas. <laughs> all right, we're going to have a look at injuries, mate. A few going around here. Ryan Sutton, neck and heavy knock, but they've cleared him. So hopefully he will be okay. He does it's actually a pretty good price as well if anyone wants to cash out in the next to distant future. Dylan Walker looks like his arm. Toru Harris looked like he was dying with a knee slash ankle injury, and then all of a sudden he came back on for the last five minutes for some reason. Jaden Sullivan, hamstring. Jacob Little, a head knock. Paul Turner, knees to the back slash embarrassment. Ben Murdoch, Nasilla, <laughs> and he had a knee injury. Mate, Jack Bird, he actually returned to New South Wales Cup, played 80 minutes, scored 58 with eight tackle breaks. So I'm not sure what was going on. Could be a grade three carry on there from Jack Bird, considering... He's close to their highest-paid player. But, yeah, very interesting there, Bruno, that he just didn't back up for them considering they've got not that much good players. Yeah, that is um, that is interesting. But I know a lot of people are putting the line through Jack Bird because there's just that such a big injury scare. Mm. Uh, the good news, I guess, is that he's got the buy next week. So you've got an extra week for him to, to get it right and then see how he gets named. Um, but, you know, does anyone want to be playing centre or wing fullback roulette? Not for me, to be honest. I don't think so either, mate. Now, player charges. Shane, uh, Sean Lane got a fine. Tane Milner somehow escaped suspension. He's going to be looking at a fine. And then Stafford Toll from Thursday night, uh, Thursday night game, he's going to be copying a fine. So not too much in terms of your suspensions there. But let's go game by game. We had five and very entertaining round here, Brenton. Probably better than we expected, mate. I really thought that this was going to be a bit of a bludger. But realistically, all five games were really good. Yeah, it, um, it started out pretty standard, I guess. Everyone was expecting the Sharks to, to smash the Tigers. And for that first 40 minutes, that was that was pretty good. I was um, I still always thought the Sharks were going to get home in the end, but I was actually surprised in the end how much the Sharks got up by. Um, and then it kind of went, you know, got a bit more interesting each game, I think. Like, it's kind of a progressive 
upset almost. Yeah, B, now, talking of that game, 36-12, to 12, and like you said, it was 12-all at halftime. Sharks got away in the second half, and then the Tigers got a try disallowed, which wasn't a try, but it's one of those things. They got very, very close. But let's talk about a few players here. Uh, B, like, I brought in IPAP last week, and, you know, back-to-back scores that were relatively, you know, well below expectations. Move back to the left edge because Bateman moved back to the right. We saw Pole start in the middle. But it's one of those things that, for me, he's on a bit of a watch list now, mate, in terms of, like, moving him. Like, we've got eight weeks to go. But IPAP, back on the left edge, I've got a few concerns here, mate. Yeah, a little bit concerning. But I think that the three-date rule has to go also for selling players, um, especially ones who have been bona fide keepers throughout fantasy history almost. Um, essentially, those are the players that I always target. Like you think about the the hooker is always going to be Harry Grant. If the, the mid is always going to be Payne Haas, the halves, Hines and Cleary. Mm. IPAP is that edge. So it's a three-date rule for me. It's someone I'll still be holding because these, these guys are always ready to have one bad game. He's also had a, got a, ready for a bit of try regression, I think. So he'll he surely has to cross the stripe soon, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so too, mate. Well, he scored a thirty, right? He scored three missed tackles. Literally, only had one tackle break, no offloads. Like you said, no tries or anything like that. So his attacking stats is kind of dried, dried up. A half next to him in terms of Brooks, still a couple of weeks away. I don't think we need to panic here. Like we brought him in for a reason. He's got pedigree. He's got that track record. I think we just hold for another couple of rounds, like you said. And we just kind of play yeah. it out. But he is on a watch list in terms of like moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And the other part is that everyone was choosing between IPAP or Nakora. And have a think about it. Nakora, until he got that junk try assist offload, mm. he was only on a little bit more than IPAP. I think he was on a 38 or something like that. So they were both on track to have pretty average games. But Nakora just got lucky on the last play. It was a weird one because the Sharks, they literally had no shape in this game. Like, they're doing yeah. it way too easy down the middle. But the fact that, you know, one of the guys that I brought in was Ronaldo. Usually they've got that umbrella style of attack that they go down the left side with Kennedy into Tatalakai, into uh, into Ronaldo. But they literally didn't use it once in the whole game, which was really unusual, which would have hurt Kennedy people in both Supercoach and NRL Fantasy same as yeah. Ronaldo. Those those two in both codes were very popular this week. But it's one of those games, uh, Brenton, that mm. it just didn't go that sort of way where they were playing attacking footy. What you just mentioned with Nicara, like, it, yeah, it just was just not rolling the way that the Sharkies usually play. And it's one of those things that they got the win. You just move on. If you've got the players for me, you just look for you just look forward because it's just one of those yeah. outlier weeks for me. Exactly right, mate. At the end of the day, a win's a win. I don't think Fitzy would have been too happy with it um, from that first half, but they got what they needed to get done, and they'll, they'll go back and go back to the drawing board and work out on what they have to do to start beating those top teams. Yeah, now, B, look, looking at Dream Buller, mate, he was at 577k to start the round. He loses around 31k, which puts him around that 545, 45, 46k. We both have him as a sell. We're both looking at bringing DCE, I think, because we've both had some great cash on the sidelines. If you don't, what would you do, mate? Would you kind of be looking at a trade somewhere sideways to maybe a Brimson or something like that? Or what, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, Brim, Brimson's a good shout. Obviously, wait till Origin's over um, to make sure you know what what, um, what the verdict is there in case he gets injured or whatever. Um it also depends on your team structure, I guess. Uh, as I said at the very start, so many people are going to be built up on wing fullbacks mm. because of this round. So there, there, there should be some other options there. Um, one that I would be fielding as a bit of a left field one because mids are going to actually be hard next round. And you could go sideways to a Max King from the Dogs he, and probably actually make a little bit of money. What's King at? He's at five nineteen, yeah. So he drops. Well, he actually makes about five k. That's, that's pretty good for Maxi King. We know his pedigree from last year, mm. averaging forty five. Look back to his best yesterday. It looked like he was back to healthy because he had a rib yeah. injury, didn't he? Yeah, he had he had a bit of rib injury there, and I I think he's gotten pretty well over that. But and saying this as a Dogs fan, they just looked so much better in attack and actually moving forward up through the field. Mm. Um, whereas the week before, the forwards just got absolutely dominated, and no matter. They could have had a Ben Hunt or Munster, DC, Nathan Cleary. They wouldn't have been able to do anything on that last week. But because they had that go forward, then they were actually able to play a lot better and they had a lot more enthusiasm. So 
I don't mind that as a sideways trade as a point of difference as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, I spoke briefly about Ronaldo. He scored a seven. I do think this is going to be an outlier game. I wouldn't panic if you picked him up. I picked him up this week. We picked him up for a reason. He's going to be my 19th man moving forward. Now, that seven was his slowest score in three years. This year, we've seen Conor Ronaldo pick up his base stats and then obviously be a very important part of the left edge for Cronulla because they attack down there. For me, they've got a very good draw coming up. I'll be playing him in the games that you think that he will score well. And I think it was just one of those things that every time they went left, the Tigers all just shat themselves and left so much space for Siffer that Siffer was just running through just a big passage and left no space. And he just literally didn't see the ball. In saying that, B, Ronaldo as well didn't have his greatest night, mate. He had four errors and just wasn't there. But he's a quality player. One of the best wingers in the comp. I wouldn't be shitting myself. No, and they've got such good bounce back as well. Um, Another player that I was looking at for round 19 of that wing fullback was Jacob Carraz, Mm. who very similar. They got a very um, fantasy-relevant game style, but, you know, he scored an 11 the week before, so that puts you off. So I don't think people will panic. I don't think people will buy him, but... He was, he was, he's super consistent, realistically. He's averaging 41, priced at a 38. Um, and that was with a 15 in round one. So, you know, don't, don't panic. I wouldn't get off him. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if you can afford not to play him and then play him in those rounds where you think he'll score well. Yeah, outlier week. Now, mate, Tommy Talao, 41, and he dropped the ball over the line. So this could have easily been in the kind of mid-50s here, mate. But I know that you were kind of having a little tiny look. Robbo's been, like, he's been keeping him in the team. So he scored a nice little 41 for Robbo. But it's like, I know a lot of people are going to be looking at him moving forward. I brought up the Titanic strategy. We're kind of avoiding these teams moving forward. He's leaving to Manly next year. Is it kind of one of those things that we kind of avoid, Tommy Talao? Outlier game? Yeah, 100%, mate. If, if, look at his average beforehand. Like, there's, there's scores he's got negative three. There's scores he's got zero. Like, um, do you really want that? The only way that I would have been happy to pick up Talao is if this was the week he was going to play, and then he was a red dot for me. So then you could loop in your wing fullback and your mids. But without, I don't know, is there any news on the on Nofaluma or um, uh, who was the other center who was out? That was Naden. Naden, Naden yeah. yeah. So I don't know what the word is on that, but I think he'll be behind them in the pecking order anyway, uh, mainly because he is going to Manly anyway. So why would you want to play him if you don't need to, even if he's not the best one there? I think that was just a quiet way of saying you guys got dropped for a week. I think they're not even injured. Like, yeah, true. They didn't really put too much out. But just turning the Friday night game, now the Dragons, the Raiders 36, the Dragons 26. I think the score line in this one, Brenton, kind of flattened the Dragons because they did score kind of four tries to finish the game here. Raiders, mate, you know, we we're talking about bin the tarp in during the season, but, mate, Joseph Tarpany over the last three weeks has been starting to heat up. And for me, I'm a holder, and I'm going to be holding for the rest of the season because I'm loving what I'm seeing. What's your thoughts here, mate? Yeah, I. it's it's interesting. You've got a couple of weeks to obviously have a look at it and make your decision because they've got the bye next week. Um, but he, in this game, he didn't even have the inflated minutes like I thought he would, uh, mainly with missing Horsburgh and missing um, Papali'i. But he, he still got his 55 minutes and still went beast mode in his points per minute. So... Um, that did include a try, which obviously then inc- incorporates a line break. So I think yep. you would have been in it probably for a low 50s, mid 50s. So I don't know if he's a keeper in that bracket, uh, mainly because there's so many more consistent scorers who are going to give you your 60s week in, week out. Isaiah, uh, Payne Haas, potentially Tohu if he plays his 75 to 80 minutes, Jack DeBellin, Corey Horsburgh. So if you don't have him, I probably wouldn't look to bring him in. Um, but he, he's going to be a good point of difference, I think, for those lower-end coaches because I don't think the high-end guys have him. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's one of those things, if you don't have him, don't buy him. But if you have him, hold him because... Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that's a smart thing. Mate, the other one, Matt Tomoko, like, it's one of those things, B, that yeah, you kind of look at now that the only reason why I didn't buy him over Bronny this week was because of the buy this week. Oh, yeah. And I had too many players. Mate, I really like this guy. Like, he's just super energetic down the right edge, he just seems to – his improvement, him and Penasini this year have just been just strength-to-strength stuff, man. And yeah. he looked like he was toying with them out there. Not, yeah, what did he pre- score, like a 90, 87? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys called him in the preseason as well, saying this is one of the guys to look out for. 
Um, he he was unreal, man. I was I'm not a Tomoko owner, and I know a couple of the guys just behind me brought him in this week. And I was hoping because he, he looked injured at halftime. I, mm. I was I was saying like MCL sprain or something like that. And I was kind of hoping he wouldn't come back on, but he came back on and he blitzed it again, didn't he? <laughs> so, mate, it's one of those things. What, but what B, they, they go into a buy now, right, mate? And you know, me and you have been talking about centers for a few weeks now because we're both not totally satisfied with our centers. But after this round, Chris scored a fifty for me. Ramian scored a forty-eight. I've got Manu in the bench as well. I'm just going to let it ride for a few weeks here, mate, because I just feel that I'm using... I know Rich actually... Rich was the first person that actually brought this up from his last few years, just using too many trades on centres, which literally score the worst in our whole teams. So for me, I'm going to be holding back on centres, but your view on kind of centres moving forward? Yeah. Now, well, depending on what your your team structure is like, um, I've got Lemuelu, I've got Ramian, and I've got Joey Manu. Um, so that's perfect cover for me, to be honest, if Lemuelu is still playing in the back row. Mm. Um, if he, and honestly, if Lemuelu gets put back to the bench, I'd probably use him as a cash down and I'd be happy to use Ramian. Maybe buy like an Ethan Kai Ward or someone who's cheaper in that centre position to then shore up another big gun. Because um, you don't want to have 20 big guns by the end. You want to have 18 that are playing pretty much. So you've got an 18th man and a really strong 17 pushing in that last week. Now, last guy we'll cover is Sebastian... Chris. Now. Odium is yours. One of the greatest calls of sanity of all time here, B. And I'm going to credit to both of us because we brought this up, like I said, at least three or four weeks ago. Been discussing it. Been absolutely getting absolutely drilled in that group chat by the boys. Some of them called him a lemon. He's not a lemon. I actually think he's a very, very good player that he's developing week to week. Mate, what I really like about Seb Chris here, mate, is he's very... (laughs) He's a very unselfish player. In the, he loves a tough carry. He just seems to have a very good defensive. Like he used to be, he just in the right spot at the right time. That try he scored was him picking out the numbers, seeing that they had one extra. Him going to the blind side and him picking it out, and then he scored. And then he got exactly what we wanted. We wanted kind of anything above thirty with a guy that can cover both centre and wing fullback moving forward was all we wanted. He might be a little bit expensive for people that have missed the boat though. Yeah, I think he only goes, puts on about 30K, doesn't he? So, realistically, I think a lot of people still have cash in the bank for what they've done in this previous round. So, he's I don't think he's out of reach by any means because I don't think 30 grand right now in this stage of the season is the be-all that end-all. Mm. Um, so, I think he's within reach. It's just, do you think he can do that again? Um, yeah. You know. I, I guess it's one of those things we wanted him for round 19, right, B? But the thing is that bulldog Souths game has opened up guys that are in that mid-200s that you're probably going to save 100K because we don't want to play them now. Like, no. we just want to have someone in the background that if worse comes to worst, we'll use them, right? Exactly right. The dual position really helps him, and um, it, it kind of made me really sad that I couldn't bring him in this week. Um Dog, it wouldn't have made any dog. difference in my score because of the, the cash out that I brought in. But it's, again, planning because if I had brought him in and with what Buller scored, I'd actually be 10 grand short of the trade that I wanted to do next week. So, um, but, you know, shout out to everyone else who brought him in, especially yourself and who played him and who got a good score. Yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Now, turning <laughs> the Saturday games, really entertaining game at Parramatta. Uh, the Warriors, again, the Warriors 46, the Eels 10. Now, I think the scoreline kind of flattered the New Zealand this one because Parramatta were right in this game to about 30 minutes in. But let's talk a little bit the Warriors because, you know, it's always been on my mind here, B, that the Warriors, that given that around 22 by, I've got three of them, and I know a lot of people have got between two to four players from New Zealand Warriors. It was always my kind of thing that I might sell them out, but I'm looking at these last five games and it's like they wrote their own draw because I know that they've got Cronulla and Canberra in the next two. Then they go into the buy. But listen to this. Post the buy here, B. They've got the Gold Coast, Tigers, Manly, Dragons, and the Dolphins. Now, that is just getting me a little bit hot. And I'm thinking now, mate, that if you've got... I think you can at least hold two. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that, that draw is juicy. And the two hard games they've got are both at Mount Smart, I'm pretty sure. So um, they, they could turn it on for them as well. Um the only one I would probably be interested in to get rid of out of those would maybe be Tohu, mm. because if they're scoring all these points that we 
presume they are going to for these weaker opponents. He's obviously making less tackles and less run meters, but uh, if you if you if you can field a decent seventeen while those three are on the bye, mate, they are holds. How many are you holding at the moment? Uh, I got three as well, mate. I actually brought in two warriors in this last round. Okay, so you got Tohu, SJ, and you got Chance. Yep, correct. Yeah, they're the same as me, mate. So originally, I was thinking about SJ to maybe Cleary or Munster. I was th- thinking of Tohu to one of Fodawaker, Tino or Murray, and then I was thinking maybe CNK to the likes of either Edwards or Teddy. Right now, I'm thinking that maybe SJ. I'm the same. I think SJ is probably going to be a hold right now. Because I just don't think... For me, I've got Tanner Board as my 8th man, so I don't think I can cover that quite well. CNK is going to be the interesting one. So it's going to be how much I kind of rely on Ronaldo. Like, I know that he's had a bad round, but I do expect him to bounce back. So I've got to say, am I wasting your trade? I think I am. Because CNK, who I bring in for the next one, both Edwards or Teddy, I think are very, very like-for-like. So I don't think I achieve much. Tohu is the guy that I think that you make a good point on because we do have some great mids and some great mids that are either cheaper than Tohu, likes of Cameron Murray, or for guys that don't don't miss another game with the buys. Yep. And it goes back to that wing fullback and centre roulette that, uh, you know, normally we wouldn't put the wing of fullbacks in there, but this year it has seemed to be that way uh, where they're just there's such inconsistency like, you know, Tedesco dropped to 550. Who would have ever thought that was going to happen with his pedigree throughout the last six years? Mm. So if you're holding chance, I, don't, I wouldn't be wasting a trade going him to like a Tedesco or a, a Dylan Edwards because you're probably going to get basically the same thing overall for the last six weeks. Yeah, now the Penasini. Now, a lot of people brought him in for this week. He was, again, another guy that was on my radar, but I just didn't like the fact that the pretty much the entire spine was out. I just thought they were going to struggle to miss to put points on. He is a massive guy that contributes from the likes of both Gutherson and then also Mitchell Moses. A lot of pro- people yep. brought him. Very similar to kind of like Ronaldo. I think don't panic here. I think he will still be very good moving forward. He'll be absolutely fine, mate. You've got to think about who was feeding him the ball in the halves. He goes from Mitch Moses, who can he's one of the best halves in the comp, mm. to Ryan Madison, who's playing on that side, who's a back rower filling in as a 5'8", who doesn't pass. Or if he does pass, it's bloody behind him. So it was never going to be his game. And that's why when we got asked the question about who's the best center to bring in, a lot of people were just Penasini for overall. However, we came up with a lot of other suggestions. And the more we talked about it, the more I was like, oh, is he the actual bring in? And the only thing that was making us say yes was because a lot of the other good guys like Lomax and Tomoko had the buy. So it's it's no panics. Hold him. He'll still he'll still score your 40s, I reckon. But it was just without Moses there, he was never going to be going good. Yeah, mate, look, can we talk about a cap on Parramatta players? Because I think the biggest thing is they've got that last round by. I'm a little bit concerned. I know that you're not concerned because some of the guys around you, mate, have just absolutely loaded up on heels. Some of them got up to four players. And for me, I think I'm in a pretty good spot with both Hopgood and Brendan Hands, and that's my cap. I think two because I know how trade-happy I get, mate. If I'm going to have two and I've got no trades left, I'll be happy to sit them if I've got the 21 that I want. Thoughts on kind of how many we're holding? Yeah, well, it, I my rule for the start of the season was going to be two, um, and then obviously you can bring in however many you want if they don't have a buy. Um, but we're kind of breaking that with the Warriors, as we just spoke about. Um, so with the Eels, I would be limiting it to two and looking at a strategic way to start offloading the ones you don't think are going to be your keepers. Yeah, mate, I'm just concerned that if you have too many Parramatta players, you start bringing in Penrith players, that Ivan Cleary gets yeah. a little bit gun shot, gun happy in round 27. And then all of a sudden you've got all these players, you, you're out of trades, you're holding on to three or four Parramatta players and you're holding on to two or three Penrith players. You've got no trades left and all of a sudden you've got seven players out. So that's my that's my big concern, mate. Yeah, uh, mate, it's a very, very valid concern. Um, not Again, not so much for me because I don't have that. I've only got one Parramatta player. Um, I got one Souths player for around 26 and one Broncos player for 25. So that's kind of by design. Um, so I don't have to waste those trades. And if I can hold on to a few going into round 27, I think that's where you can make some big moves. Yeah, mate, with Hopgood, like we know that what he brings week to week, but pretty much everyone in the kind of top 5,000 has got him now, right? Yep. He's got that round 27 buy. Is there a point that you kind of offload him early or you wait till the very last second? Uh, not so much the very last second. I just think you monitor what's happening in the rest of the of, of the field. Like 
he's he's basically the same price as Fafita. Mm. So, and we know what Fafita is averaging. We know what Hopgood can bring. But once you get all those other guys back, like RCG and you know, Paulo was obviously there, um, there's so many mouths to feed in that forward pack, isn't there? Well, um, so yeah, that's the thing. Paramount haven't played with worry. their top 17 once this year yet, which they okay. probably will post-Origin because they got both Davey and Joe O late, right? So we haven't actually seen them settle as a 17. There's no doubt that, you know, Laney had a really good return last night. I was really impressed with yeah, what he, we brought in. So I've got no doubt that he'll probably be starting come next round, right? P- pushes Davey back to the bench. But the thing is, is that Madison will go back to the bench because he played at 5'8". You've got RCG, who, like you just mentioned, he'll back up from Origin, Touchwood. And then you've got Hopgood as well. So you, you're probably thinking that he probably won't be an 80-minute player moving forward. He could easily settle into a 60-minute role which probably will affect his scores moving forward. Be very interesting. But like you said, there's no need to be getting off him early given how high he is as an owner. But it's one of those ones to definitely track moving forward there, Brenton. Yeah, 100%. Mate, the other guy I want to talk about just before we move to the next game is Brennan Hands. Now, he's he had a really stinker of a first half. He, ate, he missed actually eight, eight tackles in that first half, but had a scintillating second half where he went from eight fantasy points to 34. Now, he's getting more more expensive, does have that jaw moving forward, does have a really big minute role given that, you know, the guys behind him, you know, Mitch Rain retired. Josh Hodgson looks like he's out for the season with that neck injury, but he added another, what, 35K last night, which puts him around 380K. Is that a little bit too expensive now as a cash down and a, a guy that's probably going to be filling 20-21 in your spot roster? Uh, it de- I guess it depends on who's on your interchange, like your 14 through 17, because that, that dual position that he's got is super juicy. Now, going back to that missed tackle stat that you had where he had eight missed tackles, um, whoever's at FanHub actually didn't do that great of that because it actually went back to three at well, halftime. So in the end, he had six missed tackles in total um, with making 41. So... He's he's doing the base work that you want him to do there anyway. Um, didn't obviously run as much, but didn't have that much opportunity to do it with Warriors just continually putting on points. But he, he got the he had the base stats, and at the end of the day, if he's he scored a thirty four, he goes to three hundred and eighty grand. He's still priced at a twenty six. So mm. if you can get him, if you think he's going to average thirty five, he's going to make you another 120, 130 grand before you trade him out anyway. Yeah, mate. Moving I, to. I, yeah, sorry, go B. No, I was just going to say, I don't think he's out of reach at all. And um, yeah, someone someone to potentially look at if you've got a fair few trades. I like it. Now, mate, moving to Saturday game, and this made you just put a big smile on your face, mate. Doggy's <laughs> 36, Bunny's 32. Well done, mate. I know you've been kind of wanting this for a long time. You finally got a little win on the board. Mate, seriously, Toby Sexton... I know that uh, I've always kind of – I thought he was the scapegoat last year in terms of what the Titans did. He's a mini Chad Townsend, but how much impact has he brought onto that team straight away? Matty Burner looks like a different player. God, didn't he? He, um, he he's I, – I rate him that so much higher than Kyle Flanagan for that running game that he's got. I know, I know Kyle when he was coming into it. To the side, he was still he was trying to manufacture a running game, and it just didn't look like anything. But this guy, and coupling that with Reed's service that he gives to both halves, um, I think just the entire spine looked so much better. Um, we we didn't look like a reserve grade side, and we actually looked like we were what we knew what we were doing in attack. Yeah, um, it was unreal to see, to be honest, mate. Toby, it just looks like they're in motion all the time. Like, he looks yeah. like he's got runners. He looks like he's giving instructions out to the team. They just look like just yeah. structurally just so much better. Reed looks like he's so much happier knowing that he's got a halfback that can actually take them around the park. Matt Burton, like I said, Matt Burton looks just sensational. Mate, Jack, Jake Avrilo out the back looked fucking yeah. fantastic too. Oh, who would have thought, honestly? Like, why, why he was never playing fullback. I, and no, no, nothing against Hayes Perrin, because I actually think he's done okay with what he's been given. But Avarillo should have been the fullback from the start, mm. I think. He's got, he's got the ball-playing ability with his hands because he can play in the halves. Um, he's got the speed to burn. He's got a good footy brain. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know why they continue to persist with Hayes Perrin, but um, the commentators, obviously, because they, they always go on about Hayes as well, about how good he is and what he's bringing to fullback. I just... I don't know if it's because I'm not as versed in football as them, but I just I never saw it. And as soon as I saw Avarillo playing, I was I was stoked with how he went. Mate, absolutely. Now, mate, even Tavita Pago Jr., I've, mate, I saw him in the sauna on Thursday. 
<laughs> I was bludging work. This was in the middle of the day. I don't know what the hell he was doing. So they must have had a day off on Thursday because, yeah, he was just in the sauna, just absolutely just having a, a bit of a breeze with his mates. Even he looked good. But, mate, Jacob Preston someone I want to talk to you about because they moved him to the right edge. Is this, do you think, that maybe Kikau's back in the next couple of weeks? Because Kikau does command the left edge. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Kikau, I think they're back. he's back around 22, they were yeah. saying. Um, and Luke Thompson potentially, um, but that's a, that's a bit of touch and go. But yeah, I think Preston's going to find his home at the right. He started the season at the right, actually, mm. um, obviously with Kikau being on the left, and then they did a bit of shuffling around with Corey Waddell, Jade Nockenbaugh, whoever else they wanted, Jackson Topine almost as well. Um, and then that's where Preston found his home at the left. And obviously, naturally, you shift right to left, and I think he got a few more attacking stats that way. And that's why I think there was that bit of that down that regression of his score because he went to the right. Yeah. Are we are we kind of going maybe luxury trades if we trade him out, mate? Yeah, I think so. If you've got yeah. – I mean, worst comes to worst, he's going to be a good 18th man and you've paid 230 grand for him. So, <laughs> you can't can't complain too much if that's your, that's your 18th man. Um, and you know he's got a spot there because he's just impressed so much since he came into grade. Yeah, I think so too, mate. Now, let's look at cash-out potentials because a few in this one, mate. Now, let's go to young Blake Wilsons. Now, I know that he took Adokar's spot, but ultra-impressive, mate. He's He finished a couple of tries, looking like a bit of a vet out there. Did get caught out a couple of times in defense, but overall, mate, what he scored a, what, a 69. So, yeah. for me, I actually thought he had a really good game. Yeah, I, and I'm not saying it because he got the highest score, but I really considered bringing him in over Tyron Munro. Um, just because, you know, I don't, I don't know why. There was just I had a feeling that he was going to go all right on that left edge since Toby Sexton came in to command the right. Um, but you know, you can't you can't bank on a hat trick every week. Um, and I, I I did think he was good. He was um he was Sunny Coast Falcons off memory, which is up where I'm from. And um, he was always good there. And he's he's been ultra impressive with his work ethic and training from what I've heard. And um, yeah, I think they've got a they've got a good one there to be honest, mate. Blake. Can play fullback too, actually. Yeah, very, very good player. Now, mate, Blake Taff finally being fantasy relevant. I, <laughs> it was his career game. That's the highest game he's ever scored. 65. And he scored two tries, three goals, 142 metres. This was the guy that we thought, because he's got that style, but just never really brought in a fantasy sense. He's probably got a couple more weeks to go with in terms of like the troll coming back. I know the bye probably hurts him because of the fact that Latrell will be touch and go for after the buy, but a few people brought him in. They did bring him in for round 19, got exactly what they wanted, but I wouldn't be chasing him here, B. 100% not, and I actually think that Trell's back in 21. Um, the commentators through the game were actually saying, oh, it's sad to say that this will be the last game that we see him for the season because Trell Mitt's going to be back. So, you know, wait for team list, but I, I highly doubt that he's going to be getting picked again if Trell's fit. Now, one of the guys that you brought in this week was Munro. Now, young Munro, who started in Harold Matthews, has gone through four grades this week. This week, sorry, this year. Now, started at two hundred and forty k to start the season. Sorry, start the I'm a shocker. Start the start the week. Puts on forty k to two hundred and eighty k. So, like I said, they go into a buy, but it's one of those things. But how much emphasis do we put on high scores on weekends where we don't see teams play their best teams? It's a good question, mate. At the end of the day, I think you just go off face value and feel on it. Like he's, this guy probably doesn't have as much of a fantasy relevant game. Like he's not the tackle breaking winger. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, Alex Johnson is their renowned try scorer. So how much has always ever really gone down their right hand side? But this kid just looks the goods, doesn't he? He just looks elusive. He looks fast. He's, um, composed as well for an 18-year-old. I um, I quite liked what I saw from him. Yeah, mate, he's got wheels, right? Like, I know, you know, we were yeah. talking about before we started about him not filling out just yet, but Morvan holds his own, can find the try line, speed to burn. Now, we've got Tane Milne, we've got Kenner, and we've got him. Only one of them can get the spot. What are we thinking here? Yeah, you, you got to give it to this kid right now, don't you? Like, T- Tane Mill, they, they moved him to the back row. At one stage, and then Isaiah Tass was in the mm. back row as well. Like they didn't know what they were doing, but this kid just kept his spot. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I hope he keeps his spot because he's also super entertaining to watch. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I think you're spot on. I think they'll give him a couple more weeks there. Other guy they want to talk about, mate, Ethan 
Quay Ward. Now, they brought him in from the Broncos. We're talking about the Bulldogs. Now, he started on the right centre. Then he had to shift over to the left centre because Braden Burns got a HIA. But looked ultra impressive on both sides. Mate, he's, he's very athletic out there. In terms of a cash down centre, in terms of them moving forward and looking to the future, he's at a pretty good price here, mate. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realise that he started on the right. I thought he was on the left the entire time. Um. That's interesting. All right. But yeah, uh, look, he was unreal. I know um, the rugby league guru always, always had a massive thing for him uh, while he was at the Broncos and thought he was actually going to debut at the Broncos at some stage. Mm. Um, so once we signed him, I obviously started taking a little bit more interest. And I actually, from what I, and it's only a one game sample size, but I thought he actually offered so much more than Paul Alamotti. Yep. Not not just from a fantasy sense, but from a, just a footballing sense. Like he just he had such composure to to give that last pass to Blake Wilson to score one of the tries in the corner. Um, came back on. He just he's a genuine centre. And um, you know, if Paul Alamotti testing the market. Jake Avrillo gone. Maybe they let Paul Alamotti go and keep this kid. Yeah, mate. Five five appearances in New South Wales Cup, two tries. He's got a fantasy average of 36. So average run meters are 152. Look very energetic out there, playing with behind some really good halves. And, yeah, it's one of those things there, B, that, yeah, in terms of, like, taking a risk, you know, you, you think you outline it pretty well. They could put a little bit of interest into this guy in the last eight games. 230 yeah. is a cash down. I don't mind it. Yeah, he also um, came off. I don't know why he came off, but he ended up coming back on. So he only played 72 minutes as well. So there was the potential to, uh, to chuck up. You know, he could have lifted the bat almost for 50, but it, you'd take that if you brought him in. No, I really liked what I saw from him, eh? B, I've already made two cash downs for myself. Now, I'm thinking that maybe in terms of squad balance, you know, we've got 21 players. Now, I'm thinking that two might be my max. Are we thinking two yeah. or are we thinking, can we go three? Oh, well... I would be careful on it, if, especially if you're holding, like like we said, with the Warriors for three players. Mm. That means you're actually playing one of your cash downs. Um, so, no, I'm not big on it just yet, unless it makes you a move to get someone like a Cleary or a Fafita or someone who is top of their position. Uh, you know, for instance, like if you're trading James Fisher-Harris for David Fafita and you need 300 grand, then go for it. Yep. But, yeah, it's... Years gone by, yeah, you want to have, you know, those two, maybe three cash downs and have a strong 18. But with the buys, depending how your squad's set up, I don't think you can afford to just yet. Yeah, I think two's your perfect number there. Now, last game, the Dolphins 23, the Titans 21. Very entertaining game that went to Golden Point here. Mate, one of those interesting ones. It was good to see, you know, Grant's one of my mates, but he finally, it was one of those things. Referees do not blow penalties in Golden Point. Mate, Aaron Clark was three metres offside. Yeah. Yeah, mate, I I don't know what Kieran Foran was blowing up about. He's saying, that's a big call, that's a big call. Mate, it is still a call, and it is the right call. So, you know, it decides the game, but it wasn't the referee's fault. It's the player who wasn't disciplined. Yeah, absolutely, mate. But looking across the both teams, and I guess the number one player we want to talk about here is Kwani Lamalulu. Now, he scored a try in the opening 20 minutes. Some good little on the left edge there. You know, he, he, he kind of split between Tanner Boyd and his right edge partner there, but good to see him there. What, what's your thoughts here? Because I know that you were a holder here, mate. Yeah, it's, if he didn't score the try, it'd make me a bit um, less interested in him, but he still had the decent base stats that'll get you a score that you're fine to have for a center. Mm. 25 tackles, 90 run meters, a couple of tackle breaks, only missed two tackles, um, and had he had one error as well. So there was, there was only six really in demerits. Um, I also think the Titans were shifting a lot to their left. Um, so uh, uh, Kenny Bromwich was getting a fair bit of um, testing in, in defence, and he made 30 tackles with 130 metres because they were going that side as well for their attack. So I don't think it was the game for Lemuel to shine, but that halt that he hit was really good. Yep. Um, mind you, it was pretty shabby defence that probably made it look good, but I, I think he's still a hold. Um, and then reassess in round 21. As we said at the start, you don't want to be playing roulette for these centres. And if you can get a guy who you know is going to get you 35 or 40, you'll take that. Yeah, mate. What's it going to take? Because, you know, next week they've got Felice Cafusi back. They've got a buy in two weeks. Is that a reassess in that buy period, mate? Or are you set with just Lemuelu just being in your squad moving forward? I, I think it's the perfect time to reassess, mate. If he goes back to the bench, he, he put a 35 on the bench the last time we got named there. Um, so, 
And again, as we said, 35, you're going to take it because you could get like a Will Penasini who scores a 16 where you're expecting a 45. So, yeah, reassess even if he's named on the bench. And then if he scores like a 20 off the bench and it looks like that's going to be his role, round 21, you've got Matt Tomoko, you've got Zach Lomax who are going to be about that same price. Yeah, mate. Now, looking at the other relevant player is Valence Tafari. Now, he's got a 34 out there, but it was kind of evident that Brian Kelly was targeting him quite evidently, probably two or three times. Brian Kelly actually scored a try there, just going straight around him as well. But one of those things that I think a lot of people brought him in this week, but what are we thinking in terms of job security? We've got Branko Lee that actually was on an extended this week. He'll be kind of one of those touch and go ones week to week here, Brenton. Yeah, it's 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 toss of the coin to be honest, because they got at the end of the day they got the win. So mm. if you if you get the win, sometimes coaches will stick with that strategy of keeping the same team. But I, I thought he got found out in defence a fair bit there, and I think Wayne Bennett prides himself on that defence. Um, Brenko Lee as well. I know he's going next year, but I do feel like he gives a lot more space to Asako out on that right side yep. more than Tafare, um, and it opens up a whole bunch of extra possibilities for their attack. So I actually don't know if Tafare's going to be the guy moving forward. He's still raw. He's still a rookie. Um, it's a flip of a coin, but I think if you didn't get him in this week, mate, don't, don't do it from now. Mate, be... Okay. Zarko, the guy that you've brought up, and I know a lot of uh, Paddy actually brought him in as a pod. Now, his last month has been 34, 51, 34, and 30. For a guy that is averaging 48 and well above 50 before this month, is it time again at that buy to reassess? Kind of, I don't know if I would be wanting to hold Zarko into the back end, man. No, it's um, it was always a risky play if you ever brought in Zarko because he's literally just a, a goal-kicking winger. Um, where the wing fullback, you want to fill them with the likes of your tackle breakers and game busters and ball players, mm. uh, like your Ruben Garricks, your Scott Drinkwaters, your James Tedesco's, um, or even your Joey Manu if you're wanting to run him at wing fullback. So um, I actually think if you're going to have a cash down, Jermaine Asako would be the perfect person to get rid of um, because of that surplus of wing fullbacks that I think a lot of people are going to have. Mate, an interesting one was Harrison Graham. So Harrison Graham scored 52 and 57 minutes. Another potential cash down, we'll have to have to track Jeremy Marshall King because, you know, he's going to be a week-to-week proposition. Last week, Wayne Bennett said he was out for the year, obviously pulled out yesterday before the game. We've got Harrison Graham that actually got to fill in for a lot of today, as well as Isaiah Katoa, who played a lot of hooker there as well. But scoring a 52 and 57, if he got the nine jersey on his back, he could be a not bad little cash down for people to have a look at moving forward too, man. Yeah, he's um he'll go up about what forty k, mm-hmm. I think it is. So yeah, you're getting starting hooker for two hundred and seventy k. That's um you know writings on the wall that you'll always be taking that effort cash out if you need it. Um, I do think it's a wait a week still because then they go into the buy in twenty one and he's not going to get away from yet too much. I don't think. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd be waiting till round twenty two and then you can reassess how you're going for. Um, players who've got a buy left in your squad. Yeah, they brought Anthony Milford off the bench today, but I guess it was one of those things that Bennett loves Anthony Milford. That would be my only concern here, be that the fact that he has that preferential treatment to a few players. He brings back Milford, moves Katoa into nine, and then all of a sudden Harrison Graham starting at hooker becomes a bench hooker and then maybe plays 20 minutes. Yeah. The, the other thing to potentially think about is, uh, do they bring Hammer back when he comes back from origin, takes fullback, mm. and then you got Cody Nikarima who can play nine, or if Jeremy Marshall King comes back and Nikarima plays 14, and then Harrison Graham's out of the side completely. Yep. Um, so not not one for me um, as a cash-out option because of that job security. Yeah, too much risk with little trades on the board. But having a look at the Titans now, I thought the Titans actually went pretty good here, B, considering that they had Tino, Mo, they had AJ Brimson, and they had Fafita out. Four guns, and like they are their... Literal four best players, too. So they come two points behind the Dolphins, who only really had hammer out. Very, very good game. There's no doubt that we had a few good scores. Campbell, you know, an outlier there at 72, but he won't be in the team week to week. I actually thought that Brian Kelly was very, very good at left centre, mate. Yeah, Brian Kelly. I've always had a soft spot for Brian Kelly, even back when he was at Manly. Um, he just he never put together consistent fantasy scores. Mm. So it was, ne- it was never really for me. But um, I think he was um, he benefited from having Tavare out on that right at his right center, um, just to be able to burn him for speed and have Khan Pereira on the outside of him to to draw Asako in potentially. So 
Um, yeah, he was going to be pick of the centers, I think, for for this game. Mate, the other only other real relevant guy I want to talk about is Tanner Boyd. Now he's got a forty, but it's one of those things that he had his main attacking weapons out today. So it's one of those things that he's that hooker half. He's been very consistent, averaging forty eight for the year. For me, I'm thinking about holding him as my eighteenth man. What's your thoughts for people that actually are holding him, EB? Yeah, I'm holding him as well, mate. I'm actually going to use him as a 17th man, um, as a decent backup hooker to Harry Grant. Mm. Um, I think it's a, it's another strange year, TK, this year, where we always had like, you know, two years ago to be the hooking strategy where you'd have Cook, you'd have um, Harry Grant, and then you'd have another gun here and there, and that you just they'd just be making tackles and doing whatever. But this year, there's been no, apart from Harry Grant, there's been no real consistent hookers out there. So to get a guy who's going to be dual position, so can cover SJ when SJ's got a buy um, and cover whoever you've got a hooker. If you've got Cook, then you've got Tanner Boyd who can cover him as well. I think that dual position and what he can generally score is just so valuable. Yeah, I think so as well, mate. That's why, yeah, I just think it's a waste of a trade to bring him in because I think next line up, the only guy I was thinking was Munster. Munster averages like three points more than him. Even though we know that Munster does go into the back end very well, I actually think what you just said, the versatility is worth more than kind of like the upside of Munster. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, that wraps up round 19B. Great debut today, mate. Oh, cheers, mate. That no, was good fun. Just... um. Just sit here and chat footy. The T and B, the T and B playbook, guys. If you want to rename this show, you guys sing out. But <laughs> we'll uh, definitely be tracking B because he's obviously in second place, and you put a little bit of pressure. Nigel's the guy that's coming first, right? You've you've closed the gap. What to what? One hundred and twenty was it? Uh, one hundred and thirty, I think it was in the end after this after this round that's just happened. Ooh, but um, Nigel, one hundred and thirty. Yeah, so he um. He scored this week. He scored a six hundred and sixty-two, um, and I chucked on a seven fifty. So um, he he's so far above the pack. He's had an unreal team. Nigel's very um, good. Yeah, but he he got he got burned a little bit for Origin with Gutho, and um, obviously with a Will Panasini t- poor score. Um, and I I mean Ryan Madison did all right for him in the end, but I don't think he even did that great. Mate, he's out of trades. He's got four Parramatta plays. Ooh, Nigel. Lucky he gets him back at the end of this round, doesn't he? I love it. Well, mate, thank you for your company tonight. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. And we'll be back on Tuesday with the normal TLT show. The boys won't be back on Wakey Wakey Wednesday because we've got Origin this week, but the boys will definitely be back on Thursday for a live Q&A. But thanks again. Great debut, Brenton. And we'll check you again next Sunday, mate. Cheers, guys. All right, guys. We'll check you during the week. Have a great week. And we'll see you on Tuesday.